Oh, it's your favorite time of the week. All your work is done, and it's time to relax. So come, grab some friends, and let's get lit and join the rotation. You are now in the rotation with Suncoast Normal. We are your host, your Suncoast Normal Executive Board, and we say it's time to legalize it. Nah, Gary, See, wasn't that easy? All uh, I did is get I, the head I, on right. You know, you you still didn't get the intro right, so don't even start with me. And <laughs> so our special guest in the studio today, you notice we're a little cramped in here. First off, we got Kano in here. Yep. And I'm sorry I'm a little sweaty there, Chris, yep. you know, but, you know, getting everything set up and the hot lights and stuff. But <laughs> what's up, Chris? IDs, dude. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Chris from Magical Butter. <laughs> what's up, man? What's up? Good to be here out here in beautiful Ybor City. Bro, so this is like a full circle. Like so many things of this show is full circle because like you remember when me and Keno were working for that marijuana school? I totally remember that. <laughs> yeah, me too. Long, long time and, then, ago. and then you guys were nice enough to like, I don't I don't know, like right now, like you're like head of Magical Butter, right? What's what's your title? Uh, Chief Communication Officer. Chief Communications Officer. And at the time we met you, you were like, you were just sales, right? Like, what were you doing? Yeah, sales rep, customer service. So so you've kind of jumped up through the company throughout all this time, right? Yeah. And back back when we were doing the marijuana school, you back, way, way back in the day, I fucking feel old as fuck talking about it. But <laughs> um, back when we were doing the marijuana school, medical marijuana Tampa, you guys were nice enough to help us set up like a cooking class and you set it up, set us up where each student could get a magical butter machine. And look at you, bro. You're still here helping us out, helping out normal um sponsoring our events and stuff like that like look at you man look at you bro still here <laughs> you set up shop i'm so proud of everything all the work you guys have done and uh yeah we've really all grown together over the years from uh the different events and uh the, the women's grow events and, and yeah i remember you know, those we've done pop-up shops here and in, in Chillum, you know educating people how to use the med the magical butter machine and yeah, back then at the school, it was it was all about the education as well, you know, and mm -hmm. incorporating that uh, the the magical butter process in, into the edibles. That's one thing that I know is so important for your company, um, for magical butter, for it, it's education. You know, um, a lot of people, like quite honestly, somebody comes to me and says, "How do I make this right?" Typically, the answer comes is like Magical Butter already has a video out on mm -hmm. it. <laughs> you may want to go channel. check out their YouTube channel <laughs> and really get like the step-by-step -step knowledge going on there. So, uh, so Magical Butter, where where are you guys at today? Um, what what's in store for us for the future? What what's happening? I know you guys did some rebranding recently. Yeah, yeah, man. It's uh, where are we not today? Is the question we've we've expanded internationally. I think we're looking for, nice. uh, you know, going to the next galaxy, uh, hopping on one of these spaceships. Yeah, soon. you know, the, <laughs> and, be rich to do that though. <laughs> and that's something that's actually kind of like whenever I travel, it seems like I turn a corner at a cannabis event, and then all of a sudden you like pop up. Boom! <laughs> it's always good to see you like in another place. But yeah, we've ran into each other several times out west, and uh, but yeah, we've expanded into the EU, Australia, South America. Latin America, Mexico, it's, it's, you know, a lot of things are changing globally and uh, Magical Butter has been a part of that. So when I was uh, going through uh, business school, there was a class I had to take where it was like an international business class talking about different cultures and what whatnot. Um, can you tell me like, and there's a lot of challenging things about doing business overseas. 
right? So can you tell me like what's the most challenging thing in a different co- country to sell magical butter? Mm. Yeah. Good question. Um, <clears throat> so I think logistics in general become challenging, uh, but we've got it figured out. You know, like Germany is a good central hub for the EU. There's it is very good right now. A lot of countries that touch, and and you can get shipments, you know, quickly. To, to the other nations of the EU. Uh, the Brexit made things challenging. We, we were servicing all of EU through the UK originally. And, uh, wow. So yeah, you know, there's challenges, taxes and, and those things, but uh, we've got a full team and, and all the resources established. And so uh, it's, it's been happening and, and it's happening fast and it's, it's really exciting. Sorry, my puppy is gonna mess up all the wires here. Uh, there we go. Uh, uh, <laughs> very cool, Chris. Thank you so much. Good and segue, yeah. Thank you so <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm a new puppy dad and it's the best thing in the world. And she's she still gets into everything. Puppy ate my stash. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I'm actually here in Ebor. I'm I'm puppy sitting. Uh, You're puppy sitting? At, at a friend's house. Yeah. We I, I was gonna join this uh this call today via like like a Zoom style, yeah, remote. I, I noticed, to the studio. I noticed you guys were here in Ebor. I'm like, man, I could I could be there in a few minutes. So so happy I could join you guys. You're like yeah, just blocks away from uh, Lakata's house. You know, he was the guy who uh, went crazy and uh, had Harry Enslinger tell everybody that cannabis made everybody violent because he killed his parents with an axe. Mm. Wow. Couple blocks down. <laughs> Never knew that. Yeah, started right here. Yeah, Reefer Madness started in Tampa. Where it all began. Yeah. Oh. The first ever story about somebody going crazy off of marijuana was, of course, here in the middle of the crazies in Ebor. The original Florida man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The original Florida man. Straight up. Yeah. You know what, though? You know, um, you know, reefer madness has given cannabis a bad rap, you know, over the last century, but people really do get healed by it. And your product, you know, the magic butter machine, the magical butter machine is just so um, easy to use. And like when people approach me and like, oh, I, I got my, my mom sick with cancer, you know, and I'm like, look, I, I don't have the answers, but here is something that you could do at home that could really give you the opportunity to help. I've had people with like, hey, my wife's got terminal cancer. And I'm like, look, we may not be able to cure that, but here's something you can utilize you know, at home to give the relief. And the only drawback is that when you cook your 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 plant matter in the machine, it gets funky. Like if if, if you live in a block full of snitches, it ain't for you. Well, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, you got your med card. You won't really have to yeah. worry about that. But yeah, the um, it, it can get a little loud. You know the the odor, but. Uh, I, I remember when my dad was sick. My grandmother walked in the house when I was cooking it with a magical butter machine. She was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. I, and, and I cooked it two days earlier, so it was still just marinating yeah. through the air. <laughs> yeah, you you want to be in a well ventilated area, and um, definitely. Personally, I like the smell. I enjoy it. There, there's yeah. ways to like sort of reduce the odor, uh, uh-huh. especially when you're decarboxylating. We have the decarb box, sort of contains it. And, and yeah, that's, I got mine. It's great. That's a big part of, you know, the odor. But yeah, when you're dealing with these uh, these potent strains, man, the the, the <laughs> loud odor is inevitable. Yeah, I really like all the different accessories now, though, that folks can get with. Uh, it, you know, like it. You when it first started, it was kind of like kind on your own, and y'all have now made it to where it's a one stop shop kit when you get your magical butter there's so many different things you can do with edibles and you know just and you know like magical butter like i just want to point out that it's not just really like uh, cannabis is a, a, a small part of what magical butter is and like one of the testaments like it really is about health and wellness and and really bettering yourself one of the testaments to that is your mushroom caps line yeah yeah and like honestly like i i'm happy you're here because like i i've been getting your product through green lane and i kind of want to carry your mushroom stuff can you tell us a little bit about that yeah yeah we've expanded this year into functional mushroom powders uh the name magical just leans itself so well to to the magic of mushrooms all match all mushrooms are magical not just the psilocybin ones uh so we, yeah, you guys got like lion's mane, turkey tail, reishi, yeah. chaga, and, and we have an immunity blend. And the idea there is to, you know, 
give people those those uh, mushroom powders and they can incorporate that into their edibles and and get some of those synergistic benefits from from both nice very nice i'm a big fan of lion's mane right now but i keep on keep on forgetting to take it more lion's mane will help you remember is that what it's for yeah, yeah. I guess so. So, so that's like the the circle that gary's in he needs a lion's mane to to remember but he keeps forgetting to take the lion's mane that's is right. that what's going on here you got that one down, Patch. That was amazing how we, we all did that. I'm piecing it together little by little. Now, Gary, if you take a penis envy, you'll, you'll, you'll forget you're on Earth. <laughs> the, uh... You have to say that in context, though, because otherwise, you know. <laughs> For those who don't know, penis envy is a, 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 a potent hallucinogenic psilocybin strain. I, I, I don't have that per se, but I've had that per se. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting being up in D.C., they, they've decriminalized um, – mushrooms and so you see um the fusing of the cannabis culture now or like any pop-up uh, vendor will have mushrooms on the table now you know and they, they've also decriminalized you know dmt and peyote and you don't see those things quite yet but mushrooms are becoming more prevalent in the culture i mean they, they do help with depression if you're microdosing it can make you feel you know pretty good and, and it can enhance your cannabis high too which is interesting you know yeah no the the microdose is the goal there i think you know Definitely taking heroic doses are, are good for different times of your life, but uh, <laughs> on a daily on a daily you can uh, the goal is to take just enough to not really feel it. Well, and, three grams my, approximately is that what the current gold standard is on that? I think point one is yeah. is a is a true microdose, but yeah, point three you could you could probably do that with with really no little feeling there. Which is is really more cost economical for like depression than cannabis if you think about it because you can get an eighth of mushrooms, eighth of cannabis for about the same price more or less. Well, so, the other problem there is like, what's the alternative? And and some people resort to maybe alcohol or, yeah, or pills so if they're really dealing with depression in a real way. I, I've actually helped a friend recently. We made uh, stamet stacks where we've uh, mixed the lion's mane with a small amount of psilocybin into a capsule. And he's taking those daily, and he's just feeling so much better and avoiding all the other things. So. It's my understanding, too, that, like, the traditional uh, avenues, like, the real, like, ceremonial avenues of taking psilocybin, right, hero's dose never really happens. Like, it's always, like, a real respect for the, for the mushroom. And, you know, they typically want you to take, like, small amounts in order to get the most out of it. Yeah, I mean... You could take five grams in absolute darkness on an empty stomach. Yeah, and fucking flip out, man. <laughs> this one time in college, I took mushrooms, and then I took my kayak, and I put it in a pool, and I, like, <laughs> had, like, such a good time for, like, maybe, like, four hours. You just floated in the pool and <laughs> Just floated, just, like, pretended I was in a river. You should have took your kayak, flipped it upside down, swam underneath it, and you can hotbox it. No, I, I, I remember that time you took mushrooms at Third Eye Vibes and you chased a pig around like a field oh, of Lakeland yeah, for like yeah. a half an hour. No, that's so, that was one so, scared pig. I'm yeah, that was that was like this pop up sesh that was in like this ranch out in like the middle of nowhere. And uh, it was the first time at a sesh that I like I bought some mushrooms and tried them. <laughs> and like i was just like enjoying nature it was like out in the middle of nowhere and there was like this pond and like me and my buddy were just like wow look how beautiful all this is all of a sudden a pig just walks right up like a pig like the size of this table <laughs> a big pig <laughs> now back in the 70s the first time i went to disneyland i actually did the uh, space mountain on on mushrooms stuff that i grown from an ad in high times you know you, you, you can get a, a, a mason jar and just put the medium in there and the spores and just throw it and all that bit. I mean, I never saw, I never, I never enjoyed that ride more that day than I ever have. I found out <laughs> later on that it wasn't actually open that day, but I still had a damn good time. <laughs> Gary's just sitting on space now and not going anywhere. <laughs> but he went somewhere. He went somewhere. <laughs> That's like, awesome. and he never left his hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, it's, a possibility. It's, it's like that time when when I had just got off of rehab, you know, from being court ordered, and you uh you gave me that dab, and I drove home, and then I forgot my keys, and I <laughs> I came back to your house to get my keys, and you're like, well, how did you drive home then? <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. 
Well, that is the power of the medicine. We we are gonna have some more crazy good times at the uh, Sun Coast Normal's Got Talent show. We might not be taking mushrooms and stuff. But... <laughs> yes. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about that. I I uh, I think I'm gonna be entering to, to perform. Yeah. So, so so tell us a little bit about like your your talent. Like what's your special talent you plan yeah. on showcasing? I like rap, man. I'm a I'm a little okay rap cat. So yeah, I you got some bars to some spit. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna do a little can of butter whipping out there. Okay. Drop drop my track. I, I mean, like Mati Yahoo. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, well, maybe not. Maybe not like that. <laughs> yeah. I dig it. I dig it. I dig it. We're looking forward to hearing you spit some bars for sure. Yeah, man. You're going to have Tom G in the building? Tom G is going to be a, uh, one of our celebrity guest judges. We also have some other uh, celebrity guest judges. We have uh, uh, Cassie Johnson from In Touch News joining us, uh, who hosts um, Karaoke with Cass on Fridays uh, up at 5508. And then, of course, uh, we have the Tampa Bay Pro Wrestling Heavyweight Champion, Ronnie Rios, going to be joining us as one of the guest judges. Wow, man, that's awesome. Yeah, so, you know, and then, of course, uh, our judges panel is rounded out by yours truly, CJ, right? Yo, here. I am the normal judge. So so I will be I will be judging your bars, bro. I'm gonna bring bring the fire. I'm gonna bring the fire. You know, and we got some some other great talented acts. We got several artists entering uh, into the show, so uh, folks are gonna be going head to head. The top three uh, finalists with the top three scores at the end will move advance to the finals and have the opportunity uh, to compete for a cash prize. And uh, Chris, uh, Magical Butter, you all have been so kind as to donate um, uh, MB machines uh, to the finalists. So uh, for those of you who make the cut in the finals, you have the opportunity to win a Magical Butter machine. That's fantastic, Chris. Is the one with a galaxy yeah. on the outside? Because that's a really neat model. Oh, you've seen that one, Gary. Oh, yeah, over at the... That's pretty cool. Yeah, well, that, that that was a custom, like, hand-painted... Uh, model no these will just be the the brand new you know magical butter machines nice very nice that's a good trophy though yeah absolutely i mean it, it, you know it's 30 bucks to enter into the talent show uh to, to come home with a possibility of a cash prize the magical butter machine that's a that, you know if you got the talent if you got the chops put your money where your mouth is you know come out and compete um but also tell your friends and family look all proceeds to the talent show go to the efforts to legalize it and you know if you didn't catch uh, the fox news story that we had this week you know, the main thing that is stopping legalization in Florida is finances. Um, so many of the ballot initiatives that have tried to be successful here in Florida uh, just don't have the finances to, one, uh, mount a successful effort to get, you know, over a million petitions signed and verified. You know, I was on the, the petition collection phase for United for Care. I was actually on staff. And I can tell you in 2015, I mean, being out in front of Comic-Con for 16 hours, hustling two, three days in a row, uh, being out here in Ebor every evening, you know, walking the block up and down, uh, making sure you, folks even got to be registered to vote to sign a petition, you know, so you got to get out there and hustle. And then, you know, there's other folks who are private contractors getting paid to get petitions. So, you know, I would have this one homeless guy in front of the courthouse beef over turf with me, you know, <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying to keep my job and get these petitions signed. I got a quota and he's getting paid for every petition that he's getting signed. So it was, it was a wild time to to get Amendment 2 on the ballot and to realize that John Morgan put up so much money to make that happen. And now you got a legislature that's actually passing laws to prevent people from like John Morgan to even donate to campaigns like that, to, you know, to limit the amount of contributions that citizens can give. But there's no end to the contribution from these special interests from the private prisons and the pharmaceutical industries bankrolling uh, these, these politicians to where now we have a medical system where everybody can't get in. You know, we got to have lawsuits and we got to go to court because they, they made it to way to, you know, the guys who are writing them checks for re-election are the ones who, you know, have a, a quick way in. And, and a lot of it is coming into this um, this whole Matt Gates fiasco. You know, Matt Gates is under investigation for soliciting uh, sex from underage girls and paying for it on Venmo. And so uh, through that, all his texts, all his emails and stuff, you see that he was heavily ingrained in getting the Compassionate Care Act passed here in Florida and it was given a lot of inside access to other politicians throughout the process. And the, now the FBI is involved. And it's, it's, it's interesting to see how dirty Florida's politics are. <laughs> and that's what the people 
are up against. They're up against a corrupt political system where there are forces that want to keep cannabis illegal and they have way more money to throw at it than we could ever possibly mount up. So that's why it's so important for you people at home to do your part. Come to the talent showcase. You know, I don't pay a paycheck to be a part of this. Carlos has set up this amazing studio in his own business to support the cause. And none of us are taking paychecks to be a part of this. We want to make sure that all the money we get go back into the organization, go back into advocacy and education efforts, because we, we have to if we're going to actually see any public policy changes in this country. In case uh, Gary hasn't told you lately, he doesn't get paid either. Yeah, I, I, I don't get paid. I get paid in karma, but uh, the gods are not kind right now. Let's <laughs> put it that way. But we, we, we survive. But they, what is kind of interesting, though, is that if you wanted to, to get your record expunged here in Florida, you got to pay upwards of around $2,500 approximately, correct? I mean, you know, if you can do the paperwork yourself, you can go down to the courthouse and probably get it done for like 75. But if you don't dot an I right across a T right, you know, if you're not someone who's used to doing government paperwork on a regular basis, you know, that, that can be intimidating to have to fill out so many pages of paperwork and one little mess up can mean your record, you know, doesn't get expunged. I think that a portion of every expungement fee should go towards a ballot initiative. Mm. Wouldn't that make sense? That, that'd be cool. I dig it. I think, you know, New Jersey just expunged 88,000 records yeah. uh, this month. Yeah, well, no, wow. I did 111,000 now. Yeah. So, and, and uh, you know, this new act that um, Chuck Schumer and Cory Booker and Ron Wyden are planning on introducing in September is supposed to vacate uh, within a year any federal nonviolent cannabis charges. But if you got federal cannabis charges, I mean, you know, they, they were looking to get you because. Yeah, and they got the RICO law stuck in there, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's kind of a catch-22. Oh, look, yeah, we'll expunge you. But are you really, you know, <laughs> do, do you really meet the cut? Just like, can you really meet the cut to become a dispensary owner in Florida without owning, you know, a few senators? Right. You can't. No. Hey, guys, guess what time it is? Uh-oh. It's time for the news with Gary Stein. I will pay you to change the name of that, plot, that spot. I, I got at least five bucks on me. For those of you not watching the video, come up with a new name. Gary's segment is called the G Spot. I'll, I'll, I'll throw it a pre-roll. Honestly. All right. Well, let, let's go international. I thought you liked the name. I'll go on to the news. Uh, <laughs> let, let's let's go international for a while. Mexico. Mexico has really been working on changing things. You know, in 1920. They were the first country to make cannabis illegal. Mm. And uh, they just recently, in the Supreme Court, which is good because, in fact, the legislator failed to come to a conclusion, but the Supreme Court of, of Mexico came to the conclusion that that original law was unconstitutional. Mm. And they went even farther to say that cannabis access is a human right. Oh, there's a victory for freedom right there. And, and that from the company, country that made cannabis illegal in the first, in the first place. And so they're moving on from there. The, uh, the president of Mexico it was, was on the rail, but seeing what, we, what the Supreme Court did and how everybody else was, was interested in it, they're moving forward now. I think that is absolutely fantastic. I wish we could uh, kind of like learn from our neighbors from the South, not just put a wall between us and them. You know, Gary, I had an opportunity to speak with a senator from Mexico who had actually sponsored their medical marijuana bill. And, um, you know, a little bit of a language barrier. You know, I'm, I'm like Carlos here. I'm, I'm very comfortable yeah. spe speaking. Oh, he, he didn't speak Spanish? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I used my Google Translate to talk to her, and she looked at me like, mm, I don't shake out. But all in all, I asked her, I was like, you know, if we really wanted to see real cooperation between Mexico and the United States, legalization should happen in both countries because that will cut down on cartel profits. That would allow, you know, the businesses in both countries, small businesses to thrive, you know, and, and, and I, I just thought that it made sense. And it seemed like I was almost speaking Greek, like, no, we kind of like the status quo in the drug war. We're just going <laughs> to just pivot a little bit and, let, and not incorporate regular people into it. It, it really kind of broke my heart to not see more enthusiasm for legalization. Well, the drug before. war was the impetus for moving this forward. Uh, too many people have died in, in, in regards to the car violent cartels and the way they go after each other and things of that sort. And so Mexico said, we've had enough of it. Just like Canada had said that they were going to go with uh, full adult use to reduce the size of the legacy market mm. in the hopes that they could, they could get a, a better product. Which is, is far from where the Philippines is right now. Their president said, if you smoke weed, you deserve to die. Duarte loves Jeez. hanging people. Doesn't he, uh, 
that's crazy, right? He's like, if they kill you in the streets, it's good. One less pothead. <laughs> like, wow. Those, like, East Asian countries, like, I would be scared to go any of them with a little bit of weed. Like, it, I hear you can get, like, 10 years in some of them for that shit. I wonder if he knows Manny Pacquiao smokes reefer. I, I don't think he's going to talk that shit to Manny. That's what I'm just saying. <laughs> Manny Pacquiao for president of the Philippines, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> okay, I, I was going to go over the uh, the, the Schubert bill. This, this hit. Uh, the the first draft anyway this last Wednesday mm-hmm. and uh, people have gotten very excited about the possibility of actually getting cannabis descheduled not rescheduled that that's the goal right there it should not be a controlled substance should but, be like tomatoes but grow it, it in your backyard but interestingly enough they're still going to allow, allow the states to go ahead and preempt if they wish and that's the, it's problem when we have people like the governor Christy Nome who insists even when the people have voted for a uh, a ballot initiative that won that she pulls it back. I mean, we have states like Idaho that doesn't seem to be moving anywhere. Like they're just intransigent. So Idaho is still right there. And uh, obviously Kansas, Iowa, South Carolina, Nebraska, actually Nebraska and Idaho are the only ones that have not even a medical program or a CBD program, Mm. even though CBD, you know, for hemp is still illegal worldwide is but we now have the farm bill, which makes it fully legal over here. Well, I think hemp products themselves, I mean, you see it here, you know, at, at, at Carlos's shop, um, the fact that you can come in and, and, you know, get relief, right? I mean, I've seen it with your pet products, you know, work for my pet. So I, I just think that if, if there's a product that, that is available that's helping people, why, you know, it, why is it illegal? And, and it really does go back to money. Like I was saying earlier, why we're even having to have a fundraiser in the first place. It's like, it seems like the drugs that are beneficial to people, um, you know, you're not paying taxes on. And that's why the government wants to come after people for it. You know, mushrooms, cannabis, uh, as Bill Hicks, the comedian once said, the good drugs. <laughs> right, right. Yep. And then, of course, there's grant programs involved in this uh, bill as well. It helps out people who have been socially and economically disadvantaged by the war on drugs. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's a huge, huge debt that, that, that this government created for their own people. Well, didn't Chicago, um, Illinois this week, uh, rather, um, signed in an equity measure into law with their cannabis program. They're going to give out a hundred new dispensary licenses in Illinois and actually make sure that uh, many of those go to black and Latino business owners. And that has already been challenged in court uh, because, of course because people from out of state have said that they're cutting off equal access to the market because people out of state can't get access to that money for social equity mm. and people in state can. But here in Florida, you had to have a nursery license for 30 years to originally get in. Originally, Did you see, yeah. Uh, what Georgia's doing with their program? No, tell us more about Georgia. I I just Georgia. spoke to my friend uh, Stanley, the Canamedic. Uh, he gave me an update. They've got a limited amount of licenses, and their program is very small. But they've got a, a bill written in where, as they get more patients into the program, they're going to open up more available licenses. Okay. Kind of like what we did, and there is actually a drum roll right now because the first uh, list of people who are getting their licenses are, is about to come out in Georgia. So people are getting very excited mm. about that. So here in Florida, they're supposed to dish out, what, 15 new licenses? Don't is that what they're started. behind? <laughs> yeah. According to statute, they're at the, the legislature, so the Department of Health's out of compliance with the legislature. That's right. According to statute, we are 15 dispensary licenses short right now mm. based on the number of people we have. But the uh, Department of Health, in their infinite wisdom, has said, Okay, we're going to get started on the application process. You know, they've been waiting for five years, about time. But the first one we're going to give out is the Pigford license. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. We, we, yeah, the only problem with that is the Pigford license is being challenged. Ah, so, so. And so until that thing loses its challenge, they're not going to be able to finish getting out that Pigford license as the first license. And then the DeSantis administration has held up granting them uh, because of the floor grown case was their original excuse. Yeah, exactly. And now, and now, now they have another case with the Pigford challenge. Wow. It's not unusual for uh, our, our legislation here to uh, be affected by people suing the state. I mean, a lot of the bad license bills from the last set, uh, S1 and, and HB1, mm-hmm. have already been challenged in court. Mm. That $3,000 anti-John Morgan bill has been challenged in court, and so therefore 
that $3,000 limit is still not in place yet. Sure. But, you know, uh, regulate Florida was challenged in court and struck down. Make illegal Florida was challenged in court and struck down. Uh, Florida grown challenged and struck down. So it seems like the DeSantis administration packing the Supreme Court had real consequences. So, you know, I always say elections matter. And I don't like to get into partisan politics, but you have to support the politicians that are supporting you. And currently, Ron DeSantis is not one of those people. No, not at all. And, and I think if we want to move forward, we have to find somebody who is, is willing to do that. Now, grant you, the first several years of the program, we had um, Rick Scott, you know, the guy who looks kind of like Earthworm Jim. Uh, but what I found interesting is that he has this amazing hankering for donut shops. He has a big thing about donut shops because his mother owned a donut shop. Oh. And that was the first, the first foray into business before he got that huge hospital business that had the largest uh, Medicaid fraud suit ever filed in the state of Florida. So he went from donuts to, uh, yeah, he, to when, that. When his company defrauded the government for more money than in, in the history of Medicaid, uh, he pled the fifth like 70 times. Yep. But, but here's here's the deal. It's like, it's like a Dave Chappelle skit going wrong. <laughs> I say we all go out for donuts after this. Yeah, that's right. Hole in one donuts is a good place. <laughs> but uh, here's the deal for for, for for our former governor, now Senator Rick Scott. If it weren't for cannabis, you'd be selling a lot more donuts. Mm. I mean, when you have a 24-hour donut place, not only are the cops there, but also the people who have been medicating that night because it's the perfect way to handle things. So. If you want a more successful donut shop, pass that cannabis legislation. I think we should have an edible donut shop. Like, I would love to see, like, a a, a magical butter donut shop, like, 24 hours, just set up here in Ybor. You know, it it doesn't even have to be a shop. It could be, like, a a donut, like, vending machine, you know? That would be awesome. (laughs) Yeah, you have to have that prepackaged stuff, you know? know? uh, That sounds good. I like donuts. No, well, I, Carlos, you're a vegan, and you put me on the game. You're like, hey, you know, you can eat donuts as a vegan. I was like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, donuts are on the menu. As long as they're not made with lard, yeah. <laughs> right? And I, I have used uh, the Magic Butter Machine now for my brownies and for my cookies and for my uh, peppermint bark. That, all, that worked out well. Although peppermint bark with RSO on it is good, too, but, but that's just, you know, a snack. But the whole idea is that it, it's amazing how versatile you can get. With, with, with this product and not just again making uh, ex- extractions of, of cannabis but also hemp and other herbs as well Man, and mushrooms you got to pace yourself though if you make rso with a magical butter like that much is the most one time i took like that much and mm, mm, i was i was uh i'm not i'm not subscribing to cannabis hypermesis syndrome as a reality but if you eat taco bell the night before it and then you decide to pop some RSO, your immune system is going to be like, get that poison out of you. Right I don't now. think the RSO is the problem there. <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's the poison in the Taco Bell, you know? They, so, they call it meat, but, you know, a vegan could easily eat it and well, not be upset. That, that's the thing about cannabis is medicine. It regulates the immune system. So, like, if you've poisoned yourself, if you've overeaten and ate bad stuff, it's going to ask it to come back up. That's just part of your immune system trying to heal your body, you know. And people, these doctors out there creating a second reefer madness around, oh, people are in the ER just throwing up. I'm like, yeah, because people get the munchies and eat shit food in America. <laughs> this... It's not like we're getting the munchies and, 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 and making fresh vegetarian, you know, like Indian cuisine. Well, this speak- news segment has made me so hungry. <laughs> I can't well, well, stop thinking about speak- food. Speaking Holy of vegetables, shit. Uh, you know, when we first got that uh, at Florida that flor- uh, flower bill, I'm sorry, pl- uh, put through, there was a little clause that said by July of 2021, mm-hmm. you have to come up with a new uh, consent form that you have to get at the doctor's office before you actually get a recommendation for flour. See. Now, this is after we had been pushing and pushing to stop saying the word smokable mm. when it came to, to the flour and say whole flour because smoking is not the only thing you can do with flour. You can vape it. You can t- put it in a magical butter machine and make edibles and all kind of oils. But to continue that line, uh, this new consent form came up and some interesting things came up on it. It was written partially by the Board of Medicine, Board of Osteopathic Medicine, mm-hmm. with some input from some of the cannabis doctors in the state. But one of the big things it has is that you have to tell people not only that the product itself is dangerous, but also that you should not be using, you should not be smoking cannabis around the oxygen tank. That is put there where everybody has to see that before they get a, a recommendation for flour. Now, guys, I mean, 
Have you ever seen on a cigarette pack it says "Do not use near oxygen tanks"? I oh, think it, it kind of like a given, wouldn't you say? Makes sense. Makes sense. So, or do they think that stoners are so hard off that they have no idea where they are and they're gonna grab an oxygen tank and smoke right next to it after they they get high? I'm just saying is that if you're like a cancer patient with emphysema. You know, maybe you should, you should smoke. be smoking. Yeah, you should be smoking, period. <laughs> Especially not if you're on oxygen, but you're just a hard-headed human being at that point. Who's going to stop you anyways? I mean, I used to go into the heart like, block like, and well, there's a smoking section but, there. But let's go back You dwell on your point for a second, Gary. Is the Board of Medicine that dense to think that a human being who's already terminally ill and utilizing cannabis, why they got oxygen on, gives two shits about their little piece of paper? You know? They also still believe that you shouldn't have a, a recommendation for cannabis unless you are already deemed a terminal. That's a shame because cannabis should not be a last resort. It should be a first option. Not only that, but by the time you're deemed terminal, it's very possible that no uh, curative measure will, will be helpful at that point in time. Yeah. If you want to cure cannabis cancer, you've got to do it early, yeah. not at the very latest point. Yeah, if you want to stave off Alzheimer's and dementia, you got to catch that shit early. Like, I, I saw it with my dad. It's, those are deteriorating illnesses. You know, at a certain point, you're just doing palliative care. Yeah. You know, and that, that's, it's heartbreaking because you think, you know, you, you see people who catch it early and have turnarounds. People like Tommy Chong, who've beaten cancer with it. And you're like, wow, yeah, really, you have that hope. And then you realize at, at best, you're just making sure those last few days are painless. Yeah. Well, th th this in intent form goes from the bizarre like that to the outrageous, where they talk about the fact that the customer should always check their product for mold. The question is, Damn. why the heck should it get to the customer? In the first place, that's Why one thing. Why do I have moldy weed and the, shouldn't the, be and selling the, it from a state-regulated facility? That is just it. I mean, don't we pay them to regulate so that it, a product never leaves the uh, the companies without being totally sterile and safe? I mean, the average person, if they saw mold on, say, for instance, a, a, a cookie that they bought somewhere at, at some facility, they or, or even or, or flour, they might not recognize what it is. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're just talking about little tiny white strands mm -hmm. that could easily be... Uh, Crystals. Yeah, it could be crystals. It, it, it could be over uh, over trichome, this kind of situation, or it could be uh, the, uh, the the fly webs. You know, that, those kind of things that sometimes occur with some of the insect life. You know, Gary, to your point, if a legacy market dealer tried to put some boof on you and be like, "Oh yeah, look, it's that fire. Look at look at all that white crystals on it." I'm like, dude, that's that's mold. That's mold. <laughs> And and I'm, if, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to buy that. I'm and if you that. buy a bud and you can crush it in your hand, that's hollow on the inside. Mm. That's been affected by powdery mildew. But how do they? How would the average person even know that? How would they know what to look like? And most likely, you haven't got a microscope at home. So if there is mold spores in your in your flower, there's no way in hell you could be able to tell. So whose whose task uh, under current statute with with regulating that on the back end? Is it the Department of Health? Is it the Department of Agriculture? Who is supposed to be keeping these MMTCs in check in, in regards to putting out quality medicine? On the hemp side, it's the, it's the Department of Agriculture. On the other side, it's, uh, it's the, the uh, OMMU who has to have the charge of regulating the uh, MMTCs. So the Department of Health seems to be doing a piss poor job compared to what Nikki Free's doing. Cause you know, Department of Ag regulates your shit, right, Carlos? They came by like two weeks ago and uh, we're looking for some products that had harmful chemicals in it. There you go. You ever had your shit regulated, you know and, how painful and, that can be. And let me just say like the Department of Agriculture, it's like the first time I heard of it. If we had that product on our shelf, they would have bought the product. Like it would have been at no loss to us. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So like the Department of Agriculture is doing a hell of a job really caring about like small business here in Florida. Well, shout out to Nikki Free for getting her agency on point. Ron DeSantis, what the hell are you doing with the Department of Health, my friend? You should totally vote for Nikki Free for governor to replace Ron DeSantis. I'm just same yeah. my own personal opinion there now, along the same in the same line with that same language they got for the intent form they also said that all doctors from now on must totally list all medical mental illnesses that the patient has in the records uh, you have to go ahead and, and go through that and, and catalog all that it, it seems like that almost is like trying to put a paper trail on the on the recommending physician you know, if someone were to, for example, have a history of depression and at some point were to take their own life, they would play, oh, well, you subscribe weed to them. You know, this is your <laughs> fault. That, like, it seems like a catch-22. It feels like a setup. It, it does. And about, they're still making things harder on doctors. By only having those 10 uh, diagnoses that you could possibly use for the recommendation, the last two being uh, one of a, a, a non-malignant pain that is associated with something else or a 
a, a disease of like or similar nature. They have to go ahead and interpret that. Mm -hmm. And if they interpret it different from the BOM interprets it, they could possibly yank their license. Mm. That's I, I the the qualifying condition list is so unconstitutional in my opinion. Everyone should have access to cannabis, you know, just for general wellness, yeah. happiness. You go to Oklahoma and the rule is that if a doctor feels you need cannabis, you get it. That's essentially the entire rule. That sounds like a great rule. If the doctor knows about the endocannabinoid system, then they should realize that you probably should use cannabis. That's right. So right now there's a lot of onus on the doctor, not only for that, but also for the education of the patient. Mm -hmm. But what my concern is right now is that once the patient leaves the doctor's office and they go to the MMTC to fill that recommendation, can that MMTC actually fulfill that recommendation the way the doctor had, had considered it? Like for instance, and I, I swear to God, this is true. I went into a, a, a MMTC and I heard this one lady ask, what strain do you have? Is that strain there good for migraines? And the guy said, I don't know. I haven't tried it yet. She says, oh, do you have migraines too? She says, no, I just haven't tried it yet. <laughs> I mean, we're not asking the, the I laugh, <laughs> but it's not funny. It's, it's, yeah, you know, it, it's, it's, it's also the way they set up the system where anybody who works from MTC has to pass a level two background check. So if you have a history of cannabis use in the legacy market and you happen to have got, you know, stung for it, that that's going to preclude you from being in this legal market. And it's like we just talked about the piss poor quality of some of the, the, the grows that we're seeing with powdery mildew and, and subpar medicine. And it seems like the best growers are going to be excluded here in Florida from being a part of it. They're going to have to go to other states like Oklahoma to have more liberal laws. And it's funny to say Oklahoma is more liberal than Florida. Like just to <laughs> that, hear that, that is in bizarre. a sentence. Yeah, that, 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 that's, 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 that's pseudo world. <laughs> that's what that is. Free Joe Exotic. <laughs> <laughs> their, their program is really impressive. Yeah. Really impressive. Yeah. And it, we, we hope that they will, other people will go ahead and bring in some of the things that they had. I used part of their list for that bill that I have for this next session to expand the number of uh, qualifying conditions to about 35 of them. That includes everything, including uh, opioid abuse and autism and things that are not included right now. That would really make it cause a lot of mental gymnastics for the doctor to actually recommend for it because it's not on the list. But we already know through research and everything else that these products work for those particular conditions. Mm -hmm. And that is the way we stand on things. But here's what I, my concern is we already know that less than 55% of all bud tenders have any kind of training whatsoever other than how to build a sale. Mm. So if, if a doctor says, you need to get a, this particular strain with this particular amount of linalool, this particular amount of THC, this particular CBD, CBG, CBN, and then you go and take that to the, the uh, MMTC and they say, we don't know what the hell you mean by this, but we'll find something for you. So, and, and what so they the usually doctor, give you is the one that, that is a strain that just got dropped last. So doctors can, can literally create a, a craft uh, treatment plan for a patient um, utilizing what cannabinoids can, can treat their system to Chris's point earlier is that doctors educated on the endocannabinoid system. And then there's a disconnect on the, on, on the front of the house staff at an MMTC because like, as you said, there's no formal training program, no formal licensing. It's just, can you pass the background check? And do you look like you can work in an Apple store? <laughs> That's right. And even as far as the doctors is concerned, you know, the, the only test they have to take is on the rules and regulations. It's not on the plant itself. Mm. That, they used to be that way at the very beginning, but it's not anymore. So the question is, how much are they educated and how, how much do they care about what happens to the patient once they leave their office? Mm. I mean, I did talk to one doctor who said, why, do I, why would I even bother doing that in regards to recommending a specific strain or family of strains if the MMTC won't have it or if they do, they'll try to steer you someplace else. So why, why even bother? So that who, who who wins there? Nobody. Hmm. That's what it comes down to. So I'm working on a bill to certify bud tenders, and I only hope that they also bring it into the fact that those people who are doing the packaging and things of that sort know how to recognize mold and know how to how to throw up those red flags. Sometimes they do. I mean, I know that that Chatera, a couple of places had to throw out entire strains, entire harvest because it was, I mean, it was Granddaddy Perp that they had to throw it out, and they had to buy new new stuff from uh, I think it was. Uh, Altmed move to go ahead and, and cover that. And I think uh, have, been, have been done that for failed crops. You know, in my experience, I, I think some of the, the, the current dispensaries are doing a good job. The staff, they're doing the best they can, you know, and I, I, I've been to all of them and, and a lot of times the staff is pretty knowledgeable and they, they're offering up 
more information than you actually even maybe want at that moment. And mm -hmm. so they're doing the best they can, but that I, I like, I like where you're going with that, you know, trying to, you know, let's even the playing field. That. Yeah. It yeah. shouldn't be a, 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 a crap shoot. If you got what somebody who's knowledgeable versus somebody who just wants to make certain that they sell a hundred dollars when you walk in the door. Well, there's also the level of professionalism in the industry. That's important, you know, professional standards and such. And part of discrediting the legal industry from, uh, you know, politicians who, who want to keep prohibition intact is, is always to go after, you know, the, the people that you see, you know, there's this stereotype that a, a bud tender is, is a white dude with dreadlocks who, you know, is like, yeah, bro, this is the best thing out there. And it's, it, it that that stereotype exists out there in the ether and and it, it's constantly brought up time and time again i mean we saw it with the reefer madness experts from harvard that the legislature brought in this past year to to validate thc caps and I mean, that that in itself just mind-boggling i mean for me I don't, I don't think those stereotypes are true nowadays like i go in these places and you see a whole variety of of people all ages all types and um you know so yeah, they, they are trying to push that narrative maybe, yeah. you know, but it's not that way. You, you'd be pleasantly surprised if you've never experienced, you know, the reach. It's not perfect. Our program's not perfect, right? And none of them are really. They're, I mean, I, I think federal legalization needs to happen. The descheduling needs to happen. Exactly. You know, and, and everyone's trying their best to figure this stuff out and based on where they came from or what, you know, exposure they've had to cannabis in their life, they have a different stance on it. And once you start looking at the science and you meet somebody who's been positively affected because they're dealing with such a terrible illness, it's like, it's really hard for you to deny that person, you know, yeah, you yeah. Know, once you start looking at it and like ignoring the propaganda and, and really looking at what's going on, that's like the, the first time I saw um, Giselle son Bruno, have a seizure and it just so happened I had some RSO on me and and to see it stop you know and it's like wow just like that you know but how many times in the, out there there's a kid having that and they're at school the school nurse you know and that there may not be a policy in place they may live in a state where you know they can only get that access at home you know so access continues to be the issue and I think you hit on the head the federal government's prohibition is the first hurdle to access in this country I mean uh, Gary to your point earlier about other states still keeping it illegal at least that would give people an American option to be able to figure out what states maybe if you're sick you shouldn't you know be in and less chance of worrying about when you cross interstate lines whether you're gonna get caught with something if you have your medicine in your hand that you need during the, for the, the length of your trip we have nothing like that in Florida we don't have reciprocity if you have another uh, med card from another state and you come to Florida, you cannot bike, you cannot use, you cannot possess, period. I still think Disney arresting grandmothers for having CBD vape pens is ludicrous. You know, that, that doesn't make any sense to me. But it, it's it's a microcosm of the whole. I mean, that is, that is basically the, the whole thought pattern for a lot of folks. And we got to change that. We got to change a lot of things. We got to change the business aspect of cannabis. Sound like Tupac. Yeah. <laughs> got to start making some change. Change the way we eat. Change the way we treat each other. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, uh, in regards to change, there's been change at the federal level uh, through some, you know, the Cannabis Caucus and other key senators and representatives through the years to where they've been putting these little riders in the budget that say um, the Department of Justice can't spend our tax dollars to raid you know, dispensaries in legal states. And that actually uh, amendment was refiled um, this uh, just on Friday. Yeah. And so you know, if you all are interested in sending a message to your member of Congress, um, you know, take a look at this link here and 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 sign the, the you know the, the letter uh send your member of congress a you know an email and let them know to vote um for the you know mcclintock uh blumenhauer lee <laughs> nelson amendment uh, you know the, the, these Please. you know the, the, look it, basically it's amendment sponsored by a lot of politicians to yeah. say just let's stop wasting our tax dollars with prohibition and i think it's it's happened uh, every year since 2014 and it's uh it's definitely high time that um, you know that this becomes a regular staple in the United States budget. I mean, we shouldn't be wasting federal tax dollars, you know, in, in states that have legalized it. Absolutely, and we we need to get more people on board in Congress. I mean, Schumer's got a great plan here, but when it comes up in November and 
everybody on one side of the aisle says absolutely no, whether they believe it or not. The other one says yes. Well, you know, that that doesn't make any sense. So you need to go ahead and get get everybody on board and knowledgeable, and not just following the the status quo because otherwise it'll it'll never pass. Will be just one more bill that's stopped by the filibuster or anything mm. else. Mm. Yeah, that would that would really upset me to see you know the, all the great progress be hemmed up by parliamentary procedure. Like the finally we're in a space in this country where there are enough politicians in favor. I mean, the vice president of the United States, who's the deciding vote in the Senate, smoked a lot of reefer in college at Howard University. You know, and uh, and and uh, <laughs> I, I feel like as though like the karma that so many of these politicians have out there, and how they originally got their bones in their careers as you know prosecutors, or you know keep supporting the prohibition. Now they're in a space to to actually go back to embracing their roots, if you will, you know, and, uh, and, and do something about it. And I, I, I've been with, with uh, congressmen and, uh, and other various levels of government where the, uh, the, the R's have no problem uh, utilizing the plant any more than the D's do. It really, it really, really is no different outside of there. I know a lot of R's in Florida as far as state legislators. What, what about who, whose names I'm not going to mention? <laughs> what about so, the, so, the, so don't threaten my cats, okay? What about the veterans, Gary? Yeah, the veterans. that's that's who needs cannabis. Yeah, and and I, the D's and the R's support veterans. Absolutely, and, and that's the key and, part of the bill, Chris. Yeah. So, like, I, I look at Canada where the veterans are getting support from their VA program. They get their cannabis paid for monthly, and you know that that maybe that situation is not perfect, but at least they have access and, and an option instead of like, you know, all the pills and and the different things. I the reason I bring it up, I was just out here last night speaking to a veteran and, and he was, you know, talking about that and how it's challenging for him. Yeah. You know, still here in Florida. So. Well, the VA in certain aspects are loosening up on their standards in regards to allowing the, the vets to go ahead and, and use cannabis and then they won't, they won't lose their insurance benefits, you know? Well, you know, for a lot of veterans, it's, it's an issue. There are some vets that were dishonorably discharged for cannabis use. And that that in itself is something that should be rectified. I mean, people should have their full military honors. Uh, cannabis use in itself is, is you know, it, it's legit medical treatment. And, and you know, uh, even even other uh, countries are have, you know, developed it where like the, the Israelis, as long as you're on reserve duty, you can use cannabis. You oh, know? Yeah. As long as you're not on active duty having to shoot people. You know, I mean, and you got to think if you're on active duty and, and you have to make those life changing decisions, th those decisions stick with you. You're going to have anxiety. You're going to have flashbacks. You're going to have second guess yourself. And cannabis is something that can help you get through that. If you're using cannabis, generally, you probably don't want to shoot nobody. It makes you feel very peaceful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Although they yeah. do have field medic kits that have cannabis in them for the, the Israeli soldiers. So if they get injured, they can reduce the amount of inflammation so they can they can heal faster. Mm. I'm looking forward to your guys' talent show, man. This I'm like, I'm so stoked on that. Man, the, the talent show in itself, you know, it, it came about an idea. We thought, how can we raise money um, to, to really push the legalization movement forward? How can we really take this to the next level? Because since 2014, we've been pushing here with a normal chapter uh, on the West Coast of Florida. You know, when we originally started Central Florida Normal, we rebranded as Suncoast Normal. And, I mean, we've come a long way from uh, flying a giant blunt in the Temple Terrace Parade with a magic butter limo, right? And the mayor <laughs> loves that one. You know, to, to, to where, you know, Bless like, like we, we, we take education very serious. You know, we understand that uh, there, there is some shock value and sometimes getting in people's faces. But the truth is, is that it's the, like you said earlier, Chris, it's one on one conversations and seeing the human element and, and seeing people uh, really live a healthy and well life. And that's that's always been the message we wanted to get out there to folks is like cannabis heals. It shouldn't be illegal. And we're willing to 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 put you know, we got three master's degrees sitting here, you know, between the three of us on this board willing to, to leverage all that talent, knowledge and ability to push this over the top because it's an injustice that can't continue to happen. You know, people getting arrested just for wanting to live healthy lives, people getting arrested because. You know, you're sitting in, in in your car, bothering nobody, smoking a joint, and then you get a knock on your window by the police. That that shouldn't result in you having a bad day. Well, this is where I keep our uh, uh, old uh, hemp roll tubes in my car. Mm. So whenever I get stopped, I'll say, "Yeah, this is it." Say, oh, it's CBD. I say, well, "Okay, right. go on your way." Well, you know, some I of hope the... the cop pulling you over isn't watching right now. <laughs> no, he isn't. He's home stoned, actually. <laughs> 
Well, you know, the, some of these Delta A flowers, I remember, you know, Carlos, you supplied the Delta A flower for the Best Blunt Debate competition. That stuff smells great. Yeah. And the Delta 8 dabs, they make you feel great. You, know? you should try a Delta 10 dab before you, you leave. We Del- should do some Delta 10 dabs all yeah, around. You know, before we get into the uh, Delta 10s, Delta 8, um, you're actually going to be set up uh, at, at, with a table over at the at the Crowbar at the Talent Show. So folks can check out some of the amazing hemp products that you have. Uh, Chris, Magic Butter is going to have a, a, a space over set up. So folks can come check out, you know, learn what the machine's all about, learn, learn all the great things that y'all are doing in the community. So I'm really excited for this Talent Show. We also got some... Um, musical artists that'll be joining us, not just talent entries. You know, we have Jessica Rose, who is an amazing singer. I mean, she's performed at two of the Springleaf Freedom Festivals. That we've she's done. been supporting us forever. Since, it's since Jump Street. Yeah. Amazing having her. And then, um, you know, we got the Sunsetters who performed at the Spliff back in 2015. So I'm happy to have them a part of the uh, the, the talent showcase to perform. And then you got uh, Varian, who, you know, ha- has a, an amazing following. And, and as a as a as just a musical artist, uh, um, yeah, so That's different. A, a platinum recording artist, uh, man. Right there. We're we're gonna have a great time. I listened to some of the video game tracks that the you know an anime tracks that, that she's got on Insta, and I was like, oh, this is hot fire. <laughs> so I well, spit I, that I hot she's fire. Over at MetroCon this week. This is MetroCon over in Tampa this week. It's the biggest anime convention across the country. And you see some really weird people there. <laughs> eccentric you know we're we're, you know everybody's a little bit different uh you know uh lifestyles here in america people have been able to really with the advent of the internet connect with like-minded people and and find their own niche to where like you know there's a whole furry community uh i remember one year let's not get into furries that's a little long one year we we did the pride parade and and there was the 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 folks behind us like to wear leather and dress up like dogs yeah yeah and i saw a lady with three breasts walking one of those guys down the street the other day very specific it it wasn't like a typical furry it was like (laughs) leather dog leather dog yeah so so people have really been able to embrace their own lifestyle and, and tampa really is a a cultural center you know i've pitched tampa as a city to um, the league of united latin american citizens for their national convention um you know tampa with its convention center has been the site of uh you know we had the rnc here so i mean this really is a convention town like uh there really is you know here in ybor city is so much culture i mean so much just the fact that carlos has a shop right here on 7th avenue if you had told me that 10 years ago like hey you're gonna be able to set up and sell flowers right here that smell dank and have dabs and it's like, like what, Next what are one. you talking about what like, are you talking about I, what kind of I have stoner to pipe sell it in this? the back alley actually sir <laughs> how do the folks in temple terrace feel about the number of smoke shops in that area i mean they never, never really like us per se I don't know, but when I lived in that area, I always felt a lot of the smoke shops were overpriced, and they had subpar glass. You know, Carlos has an amazing well, selection down here. Terrace cops. Oh, stop! You don't have to keep <laughs> oh, no, buttering me up here. I don't. I don't butter y'all up. Like, like that's the cool part about the people we work with. You sell amazing products here. You got you, crisp and, and magical butter producing amazing product. It's sitting there on the shelf. I, I, yeah, that's why I carry it. Yeah, you know. So only only to find its quality, you know. Uh, unfortunately, Gary has some some bad weed back in the '80s that left him with some debilitating conditions, yeah. and that just goes back to you know uh, we should you know not have these dangerous chemicals being allowed to be sprayed on any crop. You know, I mean, it gets into our water supply, causes all kind of effects down the road, and so. Um, you know, right now it's also people are really scared. We're still in the pandemic. You know, numbers are climbing. People are un, you know, they don't tr- the level of distrust that people have in the government is well founded in a lot of cases. But at the same time, like you got to protect your family. Looking at these numbers and seeing how, like, I mean, I just lost my cousin three weeks ago mm, to COVID. Sorry, and she sorry. we thought she beat it. You know, we thought she was she got out the hospital and then she had to go back in. She couldn't breathe. You know, she had underlying conditions with her rheumatoid arthritis and being in her, you know, in her sixties, but. It's 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 rough to see, you know, your loved ones gone and then see this still this level of misinformation is just trust. But it's well earned. I mean, the FDA as a as a regulatory agency to sit up there for so many years and say, oh, weed is bad for you. You know, this is your brain. This is your brain when you smoke reefer and it's a fried egg. And it's like, no, that's not how your brain feels <laughs> when you get high, you know. So, it, you know, we got a lot of ways to go. And uh, being a part of this talent show is a way that anybody can contribute. You know, yeah. if you typically at this point, we'd ask people to be members. But yeah. if you really want to support us, come on to the talent show yeah. and become a member there. Yes, absolutely. Yes, yes. yes. 
And then where can they? How how would someone become a member? They go they go to your website. Why? Thank you, Chris. It's it's very nice of you to. I'm tangled in your cord. Very nice of you to segue like that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you would go to suncoastnormal.org and slash membership wherever. I'm trying to find the graphic. There's so many fucking things there, here. There you, there you go. go. There you go. There you go. So you go Join. to suncoastnormal.org slash membership. Join. Or really, what you should do is go to suncoastnormal dot org and get tickets for the talent show that's right get your general mission tickets now yeah and you're gonna have opportunities otherwise you will forget to support normal there we're going to have a table set up with a bunch of uh memorabilia and t-shirts and and pipes and uh papers and all that cool stuff and you can become a member there you can really feel what it's like to be a member and where your money actually goes when you become a member of normal by coming to this show. So yes. I think it's really important. Instead of just going and signing up online, come see what we're all about. And come this is meet not us. Our, our first shindig. We've yeah. done uh, several music festivals. Um, <laughs> you know, this is the biggest one that we've had in, in regards to names and artists. And I'm really excited to see so many professional artists coming out and supporting the cause. You know, we got Tom G coming through as a celebrity guest judge. Uh, you know, having uh, uh, so many luminaries from the community, whether it's uh, uh, folks in the media or, or, or folks in you know in sports entertainment. I'm, I'm really excited to see uh, just the panel of judges and all the amazing talent that's going to be a part of the show. And I'm excited for Magical Butter to be there. Nice. <laughs> yes, I'm looking <laughs> forward to seeing Chris spit some bars. Hey. Can you, like, we we are ending the show right now, Chris, but can we, like, end on you, like, making, like, just a quick rhyme? Quick rhyme, chilling with Gary Stein. Right oh. now, Sunday, <laughs> feeling fine. Make sure you come down to the normal talent show. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Love y'all. I think we're going to get you. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. This has been The Rotation, and you have been a part of it. You can be a bigger part of it by joining Suncoast Normal. Suncoast Normal is an organization that can help you make the change that we all need. Go to the Suncoast Normal website and become a member, because that is how you become part of the change. You can find The Rotation podcast on both SoundCloud and iTunes. But you can always join us in the rotation at suncoastnormal.org. At that very website, you can join the cannabis movement by becoming a member of Suncoast Normal, gain access to cannabis events, cannabis info, Normal's legal network, and even a free membership to National, all by joining Suncoast Normal. That website again is suncoastnorml.org. You can also find us on social media at Suncoast Normal. Uh, find us on both Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you, Gary. And good night. Good night.